May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm D.C. Boobob Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives. Doing our bit to preserve the legacy of Shunyu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And anything else that comes to mind? I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. Uh, So today we have a guest, Frank Simons. And uh, Frank uh, is... um, Well, I'm going to read you something he wrote right now. I met David Chadwick in high school in Fort Worth, Texas. We got to be good friends through our mutual best friend, Ward, after graduation. We shared a grand adventure driving from New York City to Mexico City to Acapulco and back to Texas. That trip changed my life. I opened up to a new way of being. David introduced me to Zen practice and Zen Center and Zen mind, beginner's mind, and I've been a follower ever since. I brought my practice to San Miguel de Allende, Guanajuato, Mexico, when I moved here in 1996. I started sitting with a group that began in 1995 and eventually became the maintenance man, moving to a very comfortable cave-like house behind the meditation room, a converted garage. In 2014, fulfilling a long-term daydream of having a little center in Mexico, Mary Qualiata, who was a student of Suzuki Roshi, joined the meditation group shortly after I did, and has been a staunch practitioner for all these years. We welcome all who want to sit in silence with others. Check us out at meditationsma.org. Frank Simons. It's actually meditationsma.org. Uh, you know, there's just nothing between it. It's meditation, San Miguel de Allende, SMA, meditation, SMA.org. Uh, and they've got a, um, a Facebook page, too, now uh, that I will tell you about. How, how you get there to their Facebook page, it's, it's got a, a long number. It's like... Um, you know, Facebook groups, and then a long number. But you can just find it by writing Meditation Center San Miguel de Allende. And uh, San Miguel, uh, two words, S-A-N-M-I-G-U-E-L-D-E, day, and then Allende, A-L-L-E-N-D-E. So just write Meditation Center San Miguel de Allende, and it'll take you to their Facebook page, which is very nice. Um, 
In what Frank wrote, I would like to say that our trip, that I already knew him quite well, when, when uh, yeah, he came to New York and picked me up. God, yeah. And we drove from New York City to Mexico City. We stopped in Fort Worth briefly. Um, and then to um, Acapulco, where um, I knew some people there were going to meet him. Stayed there a few months. And then I uh, came back to Fort Worth. And then I moved out to San Francisco. And then Frank said, he got into Zen through me. Well, yeah, sort of. I mean, he came to visit me at the Zen Center, but he did it all on his own. I wouldn't like teaching him or guiding him or anything. I was busy. And, you know, I just saw him and saw that he was getting into it. Um, and then he, he, I don't know, I can't remember what we talk about that much, but he, he started a little uh, group in Fort Worth, too and was sitting there with uh, Dr. Ray Olson, um, who started the osteopathic hospital there, and um, went on to live in Santa Fe and uh, became a priest with um, Joan Halifax. And, uh, gosh, I knew him because he was a guest at uh, Tassajara, uh not because of Fort Worth. Anyway, so Frank and I, uh, you know, and I've sat with them there when I was in Fort Worth. Uh, and But, you know, he got his thing in San Miguel at Allende going. I've, I've never been there. Anyway, let's, um, so that's enough background there. Um, I don't know. One thing I wanted to mention is Frank had a relationship with Joko Beck. I think it might have just been on the phone, but I don't know if we talk about that. I don't remember it, but um, that was important to him. Anyway, that, there, you know, he's got so much more experience and everything than we get into. We just touch on it like with anybody. So um, listen, uh, let's just give Frank a call as soon as we've had our pause to meditate. Oh, uh, let me say one other thing. The reason I say I, I, I don't remember it that well, I mean, that might be true if I had just talked to him and done it. But um, I'm so far ahead on these podcasts that now I'm putting them up like two or three months after I had the conversation with the person. And I like being way ahead. And I have this idea that I can get a whole bunch of them uh, all cued to go up and then run off somewhere and uh, where I'm off the grid, you know, uh, for, you know, uh, a few weeks or a month or something. Uh, but, um, you know, just to try to get some work done on my, uh, on all this nonsense I uh, do. So, all right. So when you hear the bell, if you have such a mind, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're through with the meditation or whatever, hit unpause. And we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation and give Frank Simons 
ago. Hello, David. Hello, Frank. How are you doing? I am just doing fine. I am here with my new love in my life, Mary Eggers, and uh, we're she's spending the night tonight, so she is in here listening to what we have to say. That is great to hear. Uh, are you th- nice. Are you there, Mary? Are you there, Mary? Yes. <laughs> Hi, Mary. Hi, Mary. Yeah, the other night, David, I I was telling her a little bit about my history, uh-huh. and uh, so we got on YouTube, and we uh, Googled David Chadwick so she could see who I was uh, talking about. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, you, you got a few videos out there. Yeah, I do. I have... I have a number of them on on my personal. I have an artist page too. Uh, an artist page? Yeah, on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Apple Music, and Deezer, and it has. I've published a lot of uh, music albums, and it's got them. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, is there a link on your on Cuke? I've sent you emails. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, just hit I, I the mean, bottom I link. Podcast. I saw a whole lot of stuff on there. I was just curious if there was a link for the. Yeah, just um, hit the, the bottom link. That goes to DC Music, which is Diffuse. Okay. That's diffusermusic.com. Okay. Um, also, you can get there by writing baliyuga.com. And okay. then when it opens up, uh, right up there at the top is a link to Bali Yuga, uh, and there's a link to artist pages and, and more, you know. Okay. But uh, artist pages right up top, and then you can choose one uh, of the ones I listed, and it has, I think there's nine albums. There are now there's some of the old ones, but I did like, uh, f- I did five here uh, last year and the year before with local wow. musicians. So thanks for um, giving me the opportunity to advertise that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, David, who is our audience? Do you have any idea? No. Well, I don't know. People, uh, I don't have a, a, a big, big audience because I don't promote it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't ask people to share it or like it or any of that. I don't do that with anything. Uh, and you really have to if you want to it, it, to expand out because people will do it if you ask them. But I don't sure. know. It's just sort of. I mean, every once in a while I do, uh, mm-hmm. like sort of, like I'm doing now. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, who? Uh, well, 
there's people who've been involved with the Zen Center or Zen or, you know, are interested in Buddhism or just think, uh, you know, interested in, uh, in, you know, the sort of subculture that we come out of. Uh, uh, not just Buddhists. I mean, a lot of people... They don't think of, I don't think of myself as a Buddhist, really. I just have studied Buddhism, you know. Um, I remember a number of years ago, uh, gosh, it might have been 15 or 20 years ago, Mary Quagliata decided she was no longer a Buddhist. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, you know, and I, I thought about that. and But, no, you know, David, I guess I kind of, I, I do call myself a Buddhist because I think that really defines you know, I, I uh, um, take the uh, bodhisattva vows, and I kind of align myself with the four noble truths and the noble eightfold path. And and you know, I'm, I've read a lot about the you know the theory and practice of, of Buddhism, and uh, you know, talk to people about that. And so, yeah, why not? You run a meditation, all yeah. <laughs> well, and people do ask I, I, when uh, uh, because I've been kind of the serving as the what I call the maintenance man uh, for this meditation center for a number of years. Where is this and, meditation center? Well, um, and it began in 1995 in a hotel right near the parochia. In what right on what the, uh, what part of the world? Oh, this is in San Miguel de Allende, Guanajuato, Mexico. Oh, how interesting. Please continue. And you have been here, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I lived there for a month or so, uh, back in 65. Uh, wow. That was before you and I came down here. Yeah, I was with Jeff Bull. You remember him? I really don't. Uh, yeah, he's the guy that turned me on to all that stuff, the the evil life. Uh, <laughs> <and> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, well, we'll get back to that. I, I wanted to, to uh, talk about that phase of our life together. Um, but uh, so the uh, meditation center uh, began in 1995 in this nice room at in this hotel right near the the big church, and. Um, and it was the only, you know, kind of center in town for people that did the yoga stuff and the other new agey kind of stuff. Yeah. But there was a group of us who were, and Mary Quagliata joined. I came in like in June of, of 96, and Mary came in in like November of 96. Is and, that um, right? She and I are still here. <laughs> wow. And but we moved from the church from the hotel near the church over to this uh, <clears throat> little um, a little place right off of an alley on an alley. It's lovely. I mean, one of the prettiest little alleys in town. Mm. And uh, we and the group rented it, um, and it has a little house and a garage that we converted into our meditation room. And uh, we've been here for 20 years. Wow. And in, in 2014, Dogie and I moved over here mm-hmm. because um, she could no longer do stairs. And we had, we had lived in another 
place right near the Hardeen for 16 years, <clears throat> and it had stairs. And I, I'm, David, I can't, uh, you know, I would sit up. When most of our living was done on the second floor. Oh. And and watching her come up those stairs just broke my heart. So we moved over here, and it's just one level and small. And so uh, we were here for about three years before she died. And but it was it was a nice it was really nice for her. And because not only was it better for her, easier for her to get around, um, I was here. You know, yeah. I didn't have to run off you know, twice a day to come over to the meditation center and leave her alone. So it just felt better in all regards. Yeah. And I'm, really, it was a good move. Yeah. And so anyway, we've been here, and um, as you may be aware, David, that in, in groups like this, there can be schisms. And we had a schism back in <laughs> 2011. <laughs> and um, A schism in, in San Miguel. Yeah, in a Buddhist center, people with meditators. In a Zen Buddhist center in San Miguel de Allende, Guanajuato, Mexico, you had a schism in the Zanga. And a schism, and and more than half of the people uh, left because I, I kind of just you know played the the Frank card, and and with Mary's help, and and a guy named Lewis, uh, we just kind of took over. Anyway, so we lost a lot of our setters, but that's okay. I'm, I only wanted one thing. Why did they leave? Were you, schisms frequently happen because there's scandals. Uh, well, there was no scandal. There was no scandal. Good for you. It was, a, it was just a power play. And, um, and you know, I could give you all the details, but it doesn't matter. But, yeah, uh, okay. But the bottom line is uh, that um, it... I mean, I didn't win anything. I got what I won was the responsibility of taking care of it, which was all I wanted to do, David, and, and was that I really thought it was important, and I still do, that we had started something and, and offered something to our community, a place for people to come and sit together. And I didn't want to see that die. And I, I firmly believe that if I did not you know, kind of take it over that it would. And so that's why I did it. Anyway, so I've done it. And Why uh, would it, it have died? Natural. Why would it have died? Oh, because the people who wanted to wrest control of, from me um, were not that devoted. They, most, they were people who only spent half the year down here. They, they just, um, they, it might have, but it would... It just at the time it just didn't look like um, it would, and and I wasn't I didn't run anybody off. I just uh, just said, look, it, you know, they wanted to change the rules about how we made decisions and and that, and mm-hmm. and um, so uh, they got their panties in a wad and left. And but anyway, did uh, they start another center there? They tried, they tried, and and uh, they it didn't last. Um, because the people did not, uh, you know. Sounds to me like it was too amorphous what they wanted to do. Exactly, exactly. They just, in, in any way. Uh, so no regret. I never had any regrets of what I did. And uh, and we don't have a whole lot of people, but the people that come are appreciative. And uh, and that, may, that feels real good, David. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you know, uh, I want to point something out here. 
I'm, I'm not. Incidentally, I too uh, take refuge every morning and sit every morning and <laughs> believe all that stuff you said, like the Four Noble Truths, uh, all that. Uh, 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 I just wanted to say one thing. In the, I sort of remember there were three really, really serious transgressions in uh, the original Buddhism. One would be to kill your parents. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, you know, we can agree that's not a nice thing. <laughs> uh, I don't another, think we'll too much argument on that one. Right. Another was to draw blood from a Buddha. And uh, there's an old story about, you know, Buddha's, uh, his, uh, um, his, um, he had a guy, uh, he had a student who was just really, really just said he wasn't pure enough, like Judas, which sort of the same thing with Jesus, um, and uh, was out to kill Buddha. I think it was his cousin or something, Devadatta. Uh, so uh, I, I think he said a, a, a mad elephant after Buddha. And uh, Buddha stopped it. Oh, I think he rolled a big boulder down on him, and it it missed, but it hit a smaller rock, which maybe even hit a smaller rock, which uh, went over and hit Buddha on a toe <laughs> and drew a drop of blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, okay. And David Dada, I think it might be David Dada, instantly uh, went to the VG hell, which... <laughs> Of course, in Buddhism, isn't a permanent place. He's still destined to become a Buddha. Uh, but um, the third transgression after killing your parents and drawing blood from a Buddha is creating a schism in the Sangha. <laughs> so I think it just depends on, on which side you're on. Right. Exactly. No, well, here's the thing, David. But you won, so it's the the losers. I get to write the history. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I, uh, yeah. That's right, man. What I did was righteous. Yeah. It was the, (laughs) I preserved the center. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, we're still here, and okay, I'll uh, just yesterday, I, I, <clears throat> I got a little note from some woman I see maybe once every six months or so. She, a yoga teacher, Mexican woman from Mor- Morelia. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, whenever she comes in, but she left me a little note, wrote on her business card, thank you, Frank, for this wonderful center. And, and we, I mean, you know, David, it doesn't, it doesn't take much, but it just, when, when I get some feedback like that, it's really, it really feels good. I understand and, uh, that completely. The same with me. I go, oh, really? Oh, thank you. I, that's nice to hear. Uh, it is nice to hear. You know? Uh, <laughs> uh, I I understand that completely. Well, I appreciate it. I'm very impressed. I think, wow, Frank is down there in San Miguel. And I, I know what Katrinka, uh, you've never met Katrinka, have you? No, I don't think so. We've been together 18 years. Nineteen. Well, we haven't 19. seen together. We haven't seen each other for quite a while, David. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I always wanted you to come to Fort Worth when I was back, but you just didn't make it. I think I did, maybe once or twice, but you know. Um, yeah, you have, but uh, not in the I'm, last 20 years. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, actually we did. I mean, we did come, we were, we didn't make regular trips up there. But then, like say, you know, in the last 10 years of Dogie's life, we did not. We yeah. just, we just, it was just not. Uh, you know, it was too hard. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I understand. And and we just didn't. And and I realized that um, uh, I went up to um, flew into DFW last um, December. No, December of twenty, not twenty one. December twenty, I flew up there. Was it twenty one? Shit, I get remember. COVID. No. Uh, maybe it was, <laughs> anyway to see COVID. my sisters. I uh, I went uh, up, flew up, and that it was the first time I'd been in the United States, probably ten years. And uh, then I went back after meeting my Mary. I went back in May of last year, uh, and to see where she lives in Virginia. She lives right si- outside of D.C. And so I got to see a little bit of that, and then we went up to um, went up to a place or a retreat center that Mary met the woman who who brought her to San Miguel, a place called Shalom Mountain. So I did a elders retreat there. That was very nice. Huh. Met some of her friends, and then we went up and drove up to um, to visit my one of Dogie's daughters up in Connecticut. That was nice. Wow. And we went down and visited my sister down in uh, Gainesville, Georgia, where she's lived for the last 60 years or so. Anyway, uh, I'm, so I spent three and a half weeks in, in the United States, and which was, uh, you know, a, a lot. And, 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 uh, and then in about three weeks, we're going to fly up to uh, <clears throat> Dallas-Fort Worth. And attend the 100th birthday of Mary's uncle Wyatt. So anyway, I would have been in Texas for the last, you know, three years running. Maybe never again. Who knows? Wow. You, wait a minute. You just said you were in Texas for three years running. No, no. I, I will have been in. Have visited Texas for three years in a row. Twenty-one, twenty-two, and. And twenty-three. Wow, you went there during COVID. Wow. Well, late, late COVID. I mean, it was twenty-one. I mean, not late COVID. Well, I had to wear a mask to go on the plane, and I guess I had to wear a mask in May when I went on the plane. Yeah, yeah, you might still have to. Uh, no, I don't think so anymore. Maybe not there. Really we were wearing masks yesterday because we visited a friend in the hospital. In high, it wasn't ICU. It was high care unit. Uh, Yeah, she tried to kill herself. Took an overdose. We're involved with a lot of people from uh, uh, the program. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I've been very impressed. You know, AA, Al-Anon, stuff like that. Uh, Incidentally, I don't go to meetings, uh, but. I'm a, I'm a, I, I just passed eight, 18 years without uh, yeah. a drink. Yeah, well, I, um, I, you know, Ward, our mutual friend. Yeah, uh, you know, may he, he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. 
you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk to you about Ward Rusco, David, because I don't know whether after his death whether we talked about this, but I, I get tears from just thinking about it. But Ward Rusco is the best friend I ever had. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You really? You really? Oh think yeah, that? Ward and I were like brothers. You kidding? We grew up together. Um, I mean, but I mean, just the way the things he did for me that. I just, it's amazing, you know, when I was like, you know, when I had my issues uh, down here, uh, you know, he and my father and you and worked so hard to, you know, to make sure I, everything worked out on that. And, and it was, I mean, I, and just, well, just many other things, I guess. Oh, yeah. I just really, Warren, I wrote, I wrote uh, his, to Beth and his, one of the daughters, I can't remember which one, but. Uh, about a year after his, his death, and I, I wrote. I just was I felt the need to yeah. write her, to write them yeah. a note and tell tell them how special a person he was. Oh, that's wonderful! Hey, send it to me. I want to see it. If I can find it, I will. I, yeah, because um, it really it just. I mean, he was just an example of what to me what true friends are. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. Uh, Ward. Uh, and it, it was really good when he, it, you know, uh, AA was so transformative for him. It was really it good. It was. It was wonderful. And he had a, um, what would you say? Not transvestite, a, a trans, he had a trans, uh, sponsor, you know. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he loved her. Oh, yeah, that was in Southern California. Anyway, it was—I mean, Ward was great beforehand, but uh, that really cleared him up. And uh, just—he uh, was—he was, he was uh, just—I don't know what, what I'd say. He was just uh, smooth sailing after that. It was really great. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Um, well, he—he he took me to the program, um, and uh, it didn't take. Uh, you know, you have to get there on your own, and, and you, I did. You're not, you're, you're, your excesses were by choice. Uh, and, and Ward and I developed habits that we had to quit. And so, hmm. if you're still drinking some, I, I bet you're no. not, you're not, uh, I, I bet it's not unmanageable. You know, David, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, I I know that there. You know, when you go into the no, I I was definitely uh, um, an, an alcohol abuser, and uh, yeah, he was but we were in trouble with we're my Texans. wife. Not, we're raised to be <laughs> extreme. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I was not uh, moderation was not my thing. Yeah, me either. and still isn't. Uh, and uh, uh, so, but I, you know, I I qualified. For the program, and uh, oh. and so uh, and I don't I don't go to meetings anymore. I think my meditation practice takes care of that. Yeah, and I just don't I just don't see any need to to introduce alcohol in my life. Uh, oh, well, the way you were talking, it sounded like the opposite. But all right, really That's good to hear. Uh, no, I'm, I'm no, I'm. Didn't I ever tell you my story? I don't know. I can't. I don't know what I've heard. Well, I, I well, you know. Okay, okay. Now, see, you, you, 
you have attended AA meetings, I presume. Oh, yeah, many times in Al-Anon, but I've, I've always gone as a guest. And, well, I was, I joined. I mean, <laughs> I jumped in when, once, <clears throat> once I um, decided that's what I needed to do. And, you know, moderation is not my thing. I jumped in <laughs> and, you know, um, went to some low-life group. These were not my people. Where? Where? <laughs> oh, in East Fort Worth, of all places. Uh-huh. On, off of East Lancaster. Oh, uh-huh. Rotten people. I mean, just, anyway, uh, we were living over there at the time. And uh, um, and so, I, you know, I went to a few times a day sometimes and chaired meetings and had a sponsor and had sponsored people and, and did the whole thing for three years. Huh. And uh, then we moved to Las Vegas, and right. um, and I tried it out there, and it just you know I just it just didn't seem necessary. Right. I and then when we came down here, I tried it again. I you know, but the I think what helped me about the AA program was helping others, and there was nobody to help here. I'm just a bunch of old drunks. <laughs> and I got so tired of telling my story over and over again, I just said, I don't need none of this. <laughs> uh, hey, well. Dougie loved to go to you know open meetings where people would tell their stories. Uh-huh. Especially over there in East Fort Worth. Now, we got some, we got some stories. Oh, yeah, I've heard mine, stories. Mine was boring. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't lose any jobs. I didn't lose any, you know, I didn't have lose any wives or anything like that. I didn't have any, I didn't kill anybody, thank the Lord. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I could have done all of those things. But um, thanks to meditation, and I was able to see the light and, yeah. uh, and, come, and get to the program. Right. And um, Stan White. You remember Stan White? Well, of course I do. <laughs> well, Stan yeah, White's Stan a Zen White Center a person. Medicine. He's, a, you know, San Francisco. He's an old Suzuki student. Right, right, exactly. And he was in he was in uh, Santa Fe or Taos, I think. He, he was in Taos. Center. Yeah. Kokoji. <clears throat> so I went to this meditation retreat at Hokoji. First time I'd ever done a one-week session. And um, and I went fucking nuts. I really, I mean, I was sitting there. I, I was, of course, I was the only person. There was six or seven of us doing that thing. Didn't have a teacher. Kobuchino uh, was kind of the was supposed to be the you know the teacher, but he wasn't around. Yeah, he found and, uh, it with uh, Bob Watkins. Yeah, he founded it, but but he wasn't there. So I mean, we were. I, I was just. I sat every period because I am when you know I moderation. You know that thing. So um, and I was sitting there. I. And I would, I was, had great posture, still do. I'm sitting there just looking perfect, looking at that wall. Uh-huh. And I was thinking, I hope there's somebody big enough to keep me from killing everybody in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, David, that thought just kept coming up. And I, and I was riding, and I was standing down at this hostel, down at the kind of lower down on the mountain, with this guy from... Uh, Richard Fleming from Boulder, Colorado, I believe. Yeah. And I said, Richard, I'm, I'm, you know, having some issues. And uh, so I need to talk to some shrink. But I want to talk to a shrink that knows about meditation. Okay? 
So he said, well, I know somebody in Boulder. So he gave me the name of this guy in Boulder. So on my way back, uh, I'm I, driving down there. Have you been to Taos? You know that kind of I've spent a lot of time in Taos. I've spent, I've, I was at Hokoji uh, when it was Bob Watkins' home back in really? the, oh, maybe even uh, late 60s uh, or no early shit. 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was driving down those two-lane roads, and every time I see a truck, I'd want to pull over in front of it. So I knew how to, <laughs> I, as soon as I hit Albuquerque, I got me a 12-pack, and I got I was okay after that. But when I got back to Fort Worth, I called this dude up in Boulder, and he talked to me for 50 minutes. And towards the end of the conversation, he said, you drink? I said, a little, you know. And he suggested <laughs> I go to AA. So I did. Ah, oh, that's very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, so meditation saved my life. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, it is. But what what year was that you were there? That was in 91. 91. Now, I remember you July being around 91. the San Francisco Zen Center or something. Um, I... Let's see. I what? came out to San Francisco. You know, okay. I remember now. Um, I started my daily practice in September of 86 when we were here in San Miguel. Oh, I decided yeah. it was time for me to sit every day. So I've been sitting every day since September of 86. And part of that, I wanted to do a retreat. And I remember I came out, and you were living in Santa Fe, I think. No, I lived and in Santa Fe I in '92. I remember that we went. I came in out to Santa Fe, and gosh, I can't remember what. Oh, I remember what seeing you in Santa Fe. That was '92. We were there July '92 to '93, July. Okay, I think I was okay. So I was doing another retreat in there, and maybe I flew into Santa Fe, and you drove me up there and got. A, I know what you got a ticket for speeding. I did. <laughs> yes, you did. I think huh. you were driving me up to Hokoji. Is that right? Yes, yeah, I remember that. I don't I remember that. that I don't remember that. Well, anyway, anyway, so that so I went back a couple, two or three times uh, after that first experience. But that it was that first experience that got me to AA and and you know helped me to you know quit drinking. But I remember you around the San Francisco Zen Center some. It's been a little I time. I did that as well. But I, that was uh, earlier. I, that was earlier. Oh, a lot earlier. A lot earlier. You know, uh, my our history, uh, and, you know, we did, I came up to New York and and got you to <clears throat> to drive down to Mexico with me, and we got stopped and got the... Oh, was that how? I was experience. wondering how I got back from New York. I knew you and I went to Mexico. I forgot... You came all the way to New York City to pick me up and take me to Mexico. We drove from New York City yep. to Mexico City. Yep. Pretty much yep. straight. That's it. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, I think we may have stopped in Fort Worth on the way. Yeah, we but, stopped in Fort uh, Worth. We did. We might have stopped for a week there. Who knows? Yeah. And I didn't see my parents. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no, I'd run away from home, I think. Uh, anyway. Well, wait, 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 wait. That was... Um, that was, uh, that might have been early 66. That was 66. 
Very I early. Out of school, very David. early, 66. Right. I dropped out of school, and uh, I decided not to go back for the for the my I guess it would have my, been my sixth semester at Arlington State, and um, and left at two o'clock in the morning in my old, old Studebaker and drove up to New York. Stopped at your friends uh, in Washington D.C. Pat Pincham, is that right? Right. Pat and I had just been uh, hitchhiking yeah, in y'all South been America, some, doing someplace. Yeah, I had met him at your house. Yeah, and I mean, here I am. I I stopped and just knocked on his door, <laughs> and they put me up. And I left the next day and uh, and came up to New York and parked on the street. And anyway, eventually found you, and we headed back down. You bought the psychedelic experience, which we read on the way down, um, and and you introduced me to uh, to John Jones. Was it some guy named Jones down in Austin? No, no, John uh, Jackson. Jackson, right, right. Yeah, and, well, he uh, and I and were I had... very close friends yeah. uh, uh, at, at Austin College. He was my that. That's where I, I, I. He and Barry Woodson, I was very close with him. And you know, Barry's still a friend. He's still in Fort Worth. But John and I dropped out of college together. There's a whole story on that. As a matter of fact, <laughs> it's it's on Cook.com. It's the beginning. It's the first chapter of Freedom Songs. Tell us about. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll check that. it out. I'll check it out yeah. um, because it was very that trip for us down to Mexico and you know into Mexico City and your friends with the uh, University of Americas, and then we went down to Acapulco and I had a very transformative experience uh, down there and I think it was probably due to our having read the book and. You know, learn some stuff. Well, and that was I, our first LSD trip. It was, and and uh, for me, it was transformative. Yeah, darn right. And uh, and I, it was I really ecstatic. think it set me on my path. Yeah. Do Do you remember how how it? I mean, I can tell you exactly where we took it and what happened. I would love to hear that, David, because I don't. I, I I don't really. Remember much? I remember us being in an apartment somewhere. Yeah, I remember us going down to the beach and me and being in the water and seeing stuff in the water. Right. I remember us you driving and me yelling "I love you" to the world. Ha <laughs> ha! That's <laughs> what I remember. Right. We we were staying in a in a very small uh, apartment complex. There were like five apartments. It was one story. And there was a woman that were, everybody else was from Missoula, Montana. And I had hooked up with Missoula people earlier when I lived in Mexico. It was a little hip hotbed in America. I, I further uh, hung out with Missoula people in San Francisco later that year when I, when I finally went there. And so, uh, uh, it, so, uh, we were in one of the apartments. Incidentally, we were staying for free. That one one of the women, I think her name might have been I can't Rose. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I have actually been to Missoula in oh maybe fifteen years ago and saw Mike Cochran, who was a Missoula person. I don't think he was there though. He wasn't one of them. 
but um, and talked about all them. Anyway, she was paying for the whole thing. And she had this wow. lover, Frankie, who was a Puerto Rican pimp, uh, who I visited <laughs> in in Brooklyn that at the same time when you were up there, and he was hustling in Brooklyn. Uh, anyway, we we took LSD and read the psychedelic experience like we were supposed to, mm-hmm. and at a certain point, we decided, okay, let's go to the beach. And, uh, so, uh, we, uh, I drove to the beach, uh, and it really hadn't come on full yet, but it took about a century to get there, but I drove fine. (laughs) I drove fine. And I can't believe I did because really it was not a normal experience. I don't know what was driving, uh, but it wasn't a lot of traffic there, you know, that was Acapulco in, 1966. That's the year they built the airport. Uh, That's uh, marijuana, Acapulco Gold, where you you could get from the police for $3 a kilo. (laughs) I didn't. I was. Oh, no, no, no. And that's if you bought a bunch (laughs) of it. But anyway, we drove down there and we parked. And then there was a policeman, and you were sort of scared of the policeman. I said, well. Of course I was. I said, well. Don't worry. And I walked up to him, said hello, and bumped a cigarette off him and smoked a little and <laughs> talked to him. And uh, uh, then we went to the beach, man, and we went into the water, and we stayed there eight hours. Did we really? That's all we do. We didn't talk wow. or anything. We just and with perfect waves. It wasn't big waves. It was, there were just – it was just perfect. It would just – you go in and and it sort of pull you out and it swim out or something. You didn't have to swim, and it bring you back in sort of gently, gently. So it was just perfect. It was sort of rolling in there, and uh, it what I had m- m- much more transcendent LSD experiences where I really left uh, phenomena as we know it. Uh, but that was a very, very high phenomenal trip. And, uh, wow. Anyway, yeah, right. we did that. Well, and, yep. Yeah. Came back and I went to, uh, I came back and I went down to Houston to get a job and you went out to San Francisco, I guess. Right. When we were driving back, I was wondering what car that was. Uh, it was your car. Um, we were driving back. I thought it was. We went through this little town. I mean, a little nothing town. And there was a cop in the intersection. And he pulled over and he wanted money. And so I just pretended mm-hmm. I didn't speak Spanish or English. <laughs> and he just wore him out and we just went on. There was also a cop. Well, I remember there was some guy with us. Some guy drove back with us. Is that right? And and we stopped. You know, when we got to the border, David. <gasps> that was Ronnie Brecker. That was Ronnie they Brecker. They searched us. Yeah. And you refused. And me and, me and him, we said, go do whatever you needed to do because we didn't have nothing. But you refused to do it or something. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, you both what, got full body cavity searches. Well, Ronnie yeah, had absolutely. a beard down to his knees. <laughs> and and uh, he did have pot, but, but he got rid of it before we crossed the border. I mean, because he was like flashing... Uh, red light, uh, 
pothead hippie. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And we were sort of a li- little bit long hair, a little scruffy or something. And uh, uh, so you both got full cavity searches. And the guy yep. came to me and I said, ah, oh, come on, I wouldn't smuggle pot. Uh, I wouldn't. No, I said I wouldn't smuggle anything. He went, oh, OK. Uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I remember that we, we got the search and you didn't. That's right. Hey, I'll tell you one other thing that happened there. Uh, and this might be in the piece on Kook.com uh, on uh, my experiences in Mexico and South America. Uh, what's it called? Looking for a refrigerator repairman in Rio. Uh, anyway, uh, it, in Acapulco, I rolled through a stop sign and then a cop told me to come over and he wanted to give me a, he wanted me to give him some money. I, I said, mm-hmm. uh, I said, oh, I don't have any money. So he said, if you don't give me money, we'll throw you in jail. I said, okay. So I, I drove him down to the jail and I sat there and he, him did not. And I said to him, I said, Hey, you want to meet a beautiful blonde? Where we were staying, he said, okay. And we drove back to where we, <laughs> near where we lived. He couldn't really see where it was. And Colleen was there. I don't know if you remember Colleen. She was from Missoula. Yeah. She was a tall, beautiful blonde. Uh, and um, I introduced her to that cop and just walked off. He was, he had his <laughs> tongue hanging out. Uh, <laughs> ah, Mexico. Yeah, yeah. And we took Romilar, uh, awful. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I, knew that I remember I was uh, kind of give, remembering our history and, and our, you're having led me down the garden path of drugs. Right. You started me out with Romilar. And right. then you know what you did? You brought you went down to South America and you came back and brought me some Benzedrine. I think it was Dexedrine. I got a little Well, benzedrine. something. It was some dream and I was taking that and I fell in love with speed. Oh, I'm sorry cuz well, well, I got off speed. <laughs> well, I did too. I mean, but You uh, were but shooting I, it, man. You were in Houston. I loved it. You know, you know what you did? You're so extreme, like you said. Although you said you said every period because you weren't into moderation in a meditation retreat, the moderate thing to do is to sit every period. Really, the extreme yeah, well, thing yeah, would be yeah. then to sit all night. But um, you were in Houston and you were shooting. I mean, I never shot anything. And you told me that when you ran out of speed to shoot, you'd shoot water because you just like shooting. I don't know. I might have made, I made some of that shit up, I think. No, I, but, I bet you did it once. I bet you did uh, it. And did I've it heard of other We might have done it once. We might have done it once. And, and oh, I think we shot alcohol. I mean, oh, you did. Just, you shot one drop of alcohol and it about killed you. It about killed us, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, yeah that, that was. was my, you said my it was like fire. Was, you said it was yeah. like fire. It putting fire in your body. Anyway, anyway, and then 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 after you got me on the speed, and then you get introduced me to the dope with that Jackson guy in Austin, and then I you remember mean, you mean pot, a, pot, 
Yeah, that's right. That no, not no, we didn't. I never did any hard drugs. Like yeah, yeah. Opiates. Austin had meantime. It had gone from sixty four. Uh, uh, you know that Kappa Sig was this jock fraternity. It was the jock fraternity. To by sixty six, they were selling pot out of the Kappa Sig house in uh, at the University of Texas in Austin. I mean, it totally transformed. Pot turned so many people around. Just It was the biggest cultural change. And it's just so much yep. a part of society now, it doesn't really seem to change much or anything, you know? No, but it was then. I mean, it it, it was night and day Yeah, uh, for us. It and was. We, we, we used uh, to turn people on Mexico City. We'd... There were all these straight kids from uh, America coming for, uh, you know, a year uh, abroad. And we'd take some of them to our apartment in Mexico City. Uh, 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 Ronnie Brecker from mm, uh, mm, Brooklyn, I think. New York City, anyway, and Kenny and me. And Pat stayed there some, Pat Fincham. After I met him, I met him in Acapulco. Anyway, we'd bring, we'd bring, uh, really straight kids, not a lot, but now and then to our apartment and turn around to pot. You know, they'd ask. And there, I remember one girl, she just started crying and said, this is so wonderful. I, she just saw <laughs> right away, she saw how she was living this superficial, uh, yep. unrewarding life that, and she just completely rejected it on the spot. It was amazing. But anyway, Frank, yep. so I went on to uh, San Francisco after that. And I really need to get out of out of uh, Mexico and do something different. And, and everybody was saying, hey, San Francisco, where it's happening. And so that was spring of 66. I went there and you... You stayed in Fort Worth and Texas and stuff. Yeah, I went down to Houston and, and um, led my life there. And that's where I did my hippie years. And you were at the Zen Center. And and then uh, I think I came out there uh, a couple of times. And I know that I was out there and while Suzuki Roshi was still alive a couple of times. And uh, Is that right? I forgot so that. I, yeah. That, well, tell me what you I remember got, I got from to that. see him. Well, I remember, you know, I think I, uh, we were, I remember there, I actually stayed in page, at Page Street uh, a couple of times with you. And, um, and I went to some lectures and I went, uh, I remember sitting on the, I was sitting on the stairs and saw Suzuki Roshi walk by one day and, and, uh, we exchanged eye contact, which was something I still remember. Um, and, and, but I never really met him. Um, but but you told me one time, say, oh Frank, it's a really big deal. So you can always say that you saw it, you know, in person. And I is that right? I said that. <laughs> yes, you did. Huh. And and I came out uh, in I think in the early seventies as well, and uh, um, stayed for long. Oh, I know. In seventy three, I came out and stayed for six months. Yeah, and I'm actually I lived over on. Right around the corner there on Laguna, and with some other um, you know zinnies, um, and sat pretty regularly and met some of the, you know, met some of the other. Well, and we spent oh I want to tell you this, 
I remember one of the things I remember is going you and me going out to Green Gulch. I lived in Green Gulch in seventy three. I stayed a few days in Green Gulch, yeah. maybe a night or two. And we went and you you took your guitar and we went into some building and sang Cold Porter. Ah. I love I had a Cold Porter songbook. I love to sing Cold yep, Porter yep. songs. Well, I want to tell you, David, I um after Dogie died, and uh, it must have been two or three years later, <clears throat> a woman came in the meditation center, and I fell in love. Mm. And so I um, I thought I was listening to Ella Fitzgerald singing the Cold Porter songbook, and, and I heard Easy to Love. And so I said, I just, that's what I'm thinking about Joan. And I, so I learned how to sing Easy to Love, and then I learned I learned a whole bunch more. So I, I can, and I even I, I learned how to. I went to a, a an accompanist and worked with her and actually serenaded Joan with three two Cole Porters and one uh, another um, Ray Charles number, and uh, you know said, and then she rejected me. So, but anyway, because of that, I, learned, I started learning. I learned all. I learned. I know twenty Cole Porter love songs by heart. I know you to the love by heart. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. That's a great song. And it's very <laughs> short. It's very yeah, short. Oh, yeah, they're all pretty short. Yeah, it's, it, um, uh, I can run through the whole repertoire, I think, in about, and all 20 songs I can run through in about you know, 30 minutes or so. Wow, that is terrific. <laughs> yeah, I loved Cole Porter. Uh, um. Uh, Easy Love had a uh, uh, an introduction. Those songs used to that, that I, I don't have memorized. I know too well that I just wasting precious time and thinking such a thing could be that you could ever care for me. I know you hate to hear that I adore you, dear, but grant me just the same. I'm not entirely. To blame for you'd be so. There you go. You'd I, I can't sing. Be, it you'd be so easy. So easy to love. There you so go. easy to idolize all others above. Anyway, so sweet <laughs> to waken with. So That's nice right. to uh, sit uh, down to eggs and to bacon, eggs and bacon with. with. We. <laughs> Boy, it's a hard. It's hard. He's it's got so quite a range. We'd be so grand at the game, at so, the game. so, so carefree together, together that it that does it seem a shame that you can't see your future with me, because it'd be, be so easy, easy to, to love. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, uh. Anyway, anyway, one of the many ways I spend and entertain myself, and that, and I do a lot of theater, and uh, um, and I, I actually main I sit down at that uh, in the Zendo or whatever we want to call it, the meditation hall. I go down there at seven o'clock in the morning. And there's a guy across the street who does a Zoom thing. So I started sitting with him and that. And then we do two more periods. So I had three periods Monday through Friday. Mm. And um, 
one on Saturday and none on Sunday. I mean, I sit by myself, but I don't do it uh, in public. So. Mm. Mm. so I sit a bunch. Mm. Good, good, good. I don't know. Hell, I don't know, David. <laughs> I sometimes wonder about that. I mean, I'm you know, not really very good at it, but, um, but I do it, and I think that's enough. Well, I, I'm sure you get a passing grade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I get a, I'll give myself a C, maybe a C, a C. C my mouth on yeah. the time of the day. I, I, and, um, I sit every morning. Uh, I, I yeah, do walking. The Vipassana, there's Vipassana retreats here I've done. Uh, and I signed up for one this year. I think it might kill me, really. I just don't know what's going to happen. They're so hard. One of those, one of the Goenka kind, the really no, serious. I, I mean, no, I've never done Goenka, but it's 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 easily uh, as grueling. I mean, all it is is an hour of walking and an hour of sitting all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last one I did, wake up at three thirty in the morning and and I'd get sleep at ten. Mm. Uh, and uh, but. Um, you know, it's like you said, you just, the thing is, don't take breaks. Just keep doing it. Uh, don't, I mean, I don't lie down. I don't, because that makes it harder. Just keep doing it. And, uh, wow. So what do you get out of that, David? Uh, well, a gold star. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> now, I, I just, I just don't see that. That's an. I mean, I, my life is a session, you know. Yeah. I don't need to do any more. Well, I haven't done one know? in like three, four years. Okay. And also, uh, that, that would if I do it, it'll be my sixth one here. Listen, I know people that have done sixty of those things. I have a friend here who's done twenty-five Goinkas. Uh, I've been, I've been, I've is taken it in, easy, in, man. Well, I mean, but I mean, this guy that's done twenty or person that's done twenty five going because well, is it? Can you tell? He's stark <laughs> raving mad. <laughs> well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I really. Mean, yeah, he, he's I, he's my best friend who's a uh, westerner. Uh, are the, he's the person I, you know. He comes by and visits, and we talk now and then. He's very interesting. Mm-hmm. He's got a very good heart, and he believes in QAnon uh, stuff, and not all of it. I call him Q Light, uh, which is <laughs> interesting. I can always tell what's the latest, uh, what's the latest uh, hysterical uh, uh, wedge issue that that Fox News and, and yeah. are bringing up because he'll come to me very concerned that uh, oh, the, the one he really got off on children are being groomed to be homosexuals and uh, he'd go on the gay pride parades and they're taking five-year-olds. I said, I'd take my five-year-old to a gay pride parade. I did. I used to. We had fun. And he said people were children. Were tweaking their butts. At you. I said they were dancing. I said, and it was great. It was like going to a circus. He said, "We have to protect you." And I said, "I'd it's you I'd protect them from, man." <laughs> I think you know that, that story you just told sounds very familiar. I just recently, in in preparing for this uh, 
chat. I listened to your interview with uh, the woman who wrote the children's books. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, Laura you know, Burgess. You, I think you told her that story. Yeah, Laura Burgess. Yeah, oh, did? Oh, I shouldn't story. be repeating myself. David, we are entitled. Man, <laughs> I really, I should stop saying anything on podcasts because I don't know what I've said before. Well, uh, you know, who cares? Who's yeah. Who's listening anyway? Yeah, that's right. It's uh, you, you know, it's just um, we like to make noise. That's what it gets. I certainly know I do. And yeah, and <laughs> that was in a conversation I had recently, possibly for a podcast. Oh, I think it was. It's the one that went up last week. You want to hear a crazy podcast? Listen to last week's with uh, which one was that? With Upasama, uh, Ruvain Ben Human, uh, who's been in a in a Theravada monastery in Perth for 10 years. You want to see wow. what what uh, 10 years of Vipassana will do? <laughs> but no, Ruvain's always been uh, really far out. Uh, anyway, um, all right, so there you are at the San Francisco Zen Center, and I, I want to eke out anything I can get from you more on when you were there during the Shunyu Suzuki days, any little slight? Oh, oh uh, well, yeah, gosh. Well, in those days, I, I really, that was, I remember some of this, a little bit of the 73, but that was, that was when I was living there a little bit. And that was, you know, after. Um, but uh, <clears throat> that, my few visits during the Suzuki Roshi years was, were short, and uh, and you know I was all kind of you know stoned by the whole idea of being there, and uh, my memories are very. I remember one time I really, I think Susan had moved out there. When did my she sister move out there? Susan, she yeah, moved did she out, move out there, there about sixty nine, maybe. Okay, so I because I remember 70? visiting her and and they were in Oakland, maybe. I'm not sure. Oh, Susan didn't move to Oakland until, uh, you know, 20 years ago. She was, uh, uh, when when she was first here, she wasn't with, you were, you're talking about when she was with her husband, Paul? Right, right. That's, that's later. That's uh, that's uh, early 70s. They got married. I mean, she okay. had a little apartment okay. over in Pacific Heights first and. Uh, that may have been seventy three when I was out there in seventy three that we yeah. visited her. Right, right. Um, no, I think you've got all the all the memories I have of being at uh, at and at Zen Center in the Suzuki Roshi days. Um, I mean, it was so it was just uh, taking instruction in the in the uh, Dharma Hall or whatever they called that room on right off the entrance. Buddha Hall and. Um, and I may have listened to a lecture or two, um, but vague, I just, these vague, vague, vague memories. I'm not even sure where we stayed. Do you, do you remember? I remember sitting downstairs. All right, go on. I, you know, I remember the Zendo down in the basement, or what felt like the basement. And, yeah. uh, and um, you know, just being kind of overwhelmed by the whole, by the whole experience. Um yeah, but it certainly took, and um, you know, I knew I knew somewhere down and in, in, down deep that I would. This is something I needed to do with my life, and uh, 
and I still am. Uh, uh, I keep a copy of Zen Mind Begins Mind by my chair in the uh, in the Buddha or the in the Zendo uh, here. Mm-hmm. And because you know, people ask me, you know, about it. I show them a picture of that old guy, and you know, I did that calligraphy of the of the you know Zen the beginner's mind calligraphy that covered the TV. I think one of the pictures I showed you had me standing by it. Um, uh, and uh, that one I mean, of you I, sent me that's a great picture with you, except yeah. your eyes are closed. It's giant. It's yes, like it is. it's taller than you are. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, well, aside from being a fascinating uh, conversation for a podcast, it's great to talk with you. You and I do the same thing that Ward and I did. You know, I said to Ward, I said, Ward, you know, you're one of the closest people to me I've ever known in my life, and we never talk or anything. And he said, that's all right, David. I always know how you are. I was. I don't think I was saying something like that to Mary. I said, you know, David's one of those people that will always be in my life, and you know, and will always be a very important part of it, whether yeah. we see each other or talk or not. Uh, you know, we have history. Yeah, I think about you a lot down there, and of course, Katrinka said, "Well, let's go visit him." Um, well, I, Frank, I haven't been. I haven't been out of. <laughs> I haven't gone back hey. to America since twenty. Since I left. You know, uh, and David. I, I really, I'm a lot closer to America than you are, and I have no desire to go back up there. Yeah, it's funny the way we call it America, and you are actually in America, but you're in Mexico. I am in America, yes, exactly. But I, and I, I've always wondered about that, but I, I just really love my life here. Yeah. I mean, most of the people I know, like Mary, the, this woman I'm having this wonderful affair with, she likes to travel. I yeah. could give a shit. I, there's nobody. There's no place I want to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of that way. I like not driving, oh, and, and we could just walk. I love not driving. We, when we went to the hospital yesterday to visit this woman, there mm-hmm. was in high, high care, high intensive, high, yeah. high intensive. We walked there. Yes. It's a twenty minute walk. Uh, yes. And we on the way back we stopped by this. Just charming little Thai restaurant and just got some spring rolls and Thai tea. Yes. And we walk, we can, we we mainly eat at home. But the the place before where we'd had, it was a 30-minute walk, uh, but you can walk along the beach to it. We did that, you know. You can walk to a pharmacy. I walked to the post office. Of course, you can't. Everything will change here. You can't trust in anything you like. Will be torn down, and something awful will be put up. You, you, you never well, know. We are preserved. I mean, we uh, San Miguel Centro has been. You know, we have a some sort of you know international designation, uh, and so we're protected. And it's just getting better. Oh, that's um, great uh, in the Centro and. And you know, I'll, I'll tell me. I'll tell you a little story. Yesterday, yes, <clears throat> yesterday I was on. I had to go up to the bank, so I walked through the Hardeen. And when I was walking through the Hardeen, uh, some young Mexican man walked in front of me. He said, "That was you have such a lovely smile, sir." And I said, "Well, thank you very much. It's my job." Uh-huh. <laughs> and I mean, but you know, just having 
that kind of interaction. I mean, I like I was, took a walk the other day and I just ran into some friends that were sitting in a, you know, having coffee somewhere, sat down and talked to them a little bit. And it just, it's the kind of life that you just don't have when you're in a car all the time. Well, or when you're in America, depending on where well, you are. when you're in America. Are, yeah, I mean, you, there are pockets, I'm sure. I mean, and, and when I took my trip up there, David, I didn't see anything but wealth. Wealth. I mean, I just, but, and that's fine. I mean, everybody was fine. I'm glad I got to see them all, but I just love the life here. Yeah. Just, you know, I just, I have plenty, I have, I feel like I'm doing something, not much, but I'm doing something of, of value and, uh, and, you know, yeah. Having lots of, yeah. And it, community is, for me, is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. How we can, you know, be with others. Yeah. And, uh, that's it. Yeah. And I can do that here. There was, uh, a, a, a study. I, I read, uh, I, I open up to the science page on BBC and Guardian in the morning and, you know, mm-hmm. I just glance at stuff there and, and uh, read, uh, follow, I, I just look at headlines on news, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a science article about the that the it uh, turns out that what they call uh, uh, not not close friendships, but just just um, passing casual friendships, pa- casual or even just passing mm-hmm. uh, uh, exchanges, are, are, et cetera, mm-hmm. can are very important for having a happy life uh, for, you know, and that, that is, you know, I walk down the street here and somebody I never met says, so where are you going? Or, you know, uh, you can say hello to almost anybody here. I know. And when that's what happens here, I mean, it just, you do say hi. I mean, and, and I, I just, I, Coming home tonight from uh, wherever we were, I mean, walking into the alleys, a couple of people we'd never seen before. We just, but you just say hi. Yeah. I mean, and it's just so. I mean, they're just the oxytocin flows, and just in those little contacts. And I tell you, David, it just, it just really. I, I just am so grateful that I moved down here, retiring at the age of fifty, and moved to San Miguel. I mean, I mean, you just—I I still pinch myself that I had the gall, <laughs> without having the wherewithal, to do that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, no regrets. Let me ask you something. The universe. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you do you pay for Medicare B? I do. I you know if I guess if I you know uh, because I'm I'm close enough that if anything you know if I really needed an operation or something like that. That I'd probably go up to yeah. to Texas and have it done. I've got relatives and you know stuff like that, so I'd probably do that. But I mean, and there are people down here um, that you know have canceled that because it's like 150 a month or something. Well, and it just so, went up uh, to that. It was about 105. It went up to 168 yeah. or something, and I canceled it. Whatever. I figured I'd spent twelve thousand dollars. Situation, I can understand that. I'd spent twelve thousand dollars. On it here, and never I couldn't never use it, never been back. And the medical care here is excellent and it's cheap. Uh, yeah, well, pretty much the same here. Uh, you know, I uh, I read an article when right after we moved down there in '96, 
some guy had done some research about that, and and he said, you know, the best way, to the best plan is pay as you go, because you're going to do that. You can afford it here most of the time. I think it may yeah. change, of course, but yeah. Um, so, um, so that's kind of where I'm at on that, and uh, you know, I, who knows what's going to happen? What happens going to happen to us, David? You know. Yeah. But it's all okay. Yeah. That's just how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I read something recently about uh, a quote from Krishnamurti and said something about him. Said, well, why, you know, why are you always so upbeat? And said, well, I just, you know, I I really don't mind. I don't mind whatever happens. And I thought, that's it. Yeah. Don't mind. Yeah. Just don't mind. Yeah. It happens. Anyway, I got to go. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) Very good. Call of nature. I yeah. love you, David. Love Thanks you, so much Frank. That was really great. You, I'd Talk say to you hi later. to Mary Qualiata. I'll do it. I'll sure do it. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, thanks a lot, Frank. That was great. Really enjoyed talking with you. Um, and maybe we'll make it there. There's some really good places in Mexico. And I just read... Uh, uh, there's only 555 Americans uh, that have been kidnapped there and they don't know where they are. Um, You know what that number is here in Indonesia? I don't know, maybe none. Uh, But you never can tell uh, what's going to happen no matter where you are. And of course in Mexico there's places to be that uh, have a a low kidnapping rate. (laughs) Pardon me. Um, Anyway, uh, it was great talking to Frank, and uh, I I look forward to uh, seeing how the Meditation Center of San Miguel de Allende, uh, I look forward to see it prospering and spreading the Dharma far and wide in Mexico. This has been a Cuke Audio podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Doggy Bandita and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.